back to the Powerlifting Podcast. I'm your host, Solana Lewis. Today, I speak with Jessica Espinal. She just won the 48 kilo class at Mega Nationals a few weeks ago, taking first place by a landslide. And we talk all about how her prep was, how she got into powerlifting and went from equipped lifting to raw, her future plans, where she has some massive goals that she wants to hit and more. It was a great episode, so let's dive in. All right, y'all. I got Jessica Espinal with us, Miss National Champion, 48 Kilo Class. How are you? I'm doing great today. Absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> Yay! I am stoked. Like, I don't even think I realized how close you were to the numbers of Heather Connor until after this meet. <laughs> I was like, oh, she is that close. <laughs> And you mm-hmm. had a phenomenal day. Yeah, um, it was actually a pretty great day, I'd say, you know, <laughs> all things considered, you know, um, I mean, I couldn't ask for more winning a championship, an open championship. That's crazy. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. So let's start from the beginning. I know you started at 16 years old and now you're 20 years old, but you started in single ply. Not shocking because you're from Texas. So, yeah. OK, well. I guess to start that off, um, you know, I got introduced to it in high school. Um, I started my sophomore year, like 16, like you said, um, a classmate had introduced me to it actually. And he saw like, you should come, like, you look small. We need a lightweight. We don't have anybody. And I'm like, okay, let me go. I guess I went for like a day and I hated it so much. Like I was like, I'm not, I'm not built for the gym. Like I'm this little, like I'm going to break. And then we had Thanksgiving roll around and he told me to give it another shot. And I was like, you know what? Okay. And I did. And for some reason, something changed and I ended up loving it. So what, yeah. what changed though? Like what made you like that session? Was it like the burn was different or like was there a person there was like, Hey, here's how you actually do it. <laughs> well, actually I think it was um, the team members. Like they were all actually ah. there because the season was starting like we were starting to all practice as a team right um so there was also other girls on the team too that were like oh well you can do this to help your form or this or that or whatever and like that's the first time I think I I think my first lift that I did in the gym was like 135 squat and I was like what like how can I do this I'm literally like 80 pounds when I started like 88 or something and I was like how does this even work because I was a track kid like I did all these random sports you know I was never thinking about weightlifting mm-hmm. ah. yeah so what did you do in track what did I do in track um yeah I ran distance Oh my God. Okay. So I did do cross country for a while. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I switched and I was doing like kind of mid to long distance. Yeah. <laughs> I had a feeling. I feel like the little people always did <laughs> the long yes. distance running. <laughs> yes. They always put me on that and I hated it, but I think I was pretty good at the mile. So I, I don't know. <laughs> I would see that with my next question. I'm like, did you like it? Cause I feel like everyone who was forced to do distance, who was tiny, hated it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It was terrible. <laughs> Did you do it all of high school though? Um, actually, I quit my junior year um, around the middle of the season because of powerlifting because I had qualified for 
regionals or um, state maybe I don't know mm-hmm. which one but I ended up quitting for powerlifting so yeah and never went back I know I never thought about it <laughs> <laughs> like and that was the happiest day of Jess's life in that moment <laughs> no yeah because um you know in high school you know your coaches are always on you for everything right so if you're not at one practice they're like on you for that immediately so I was so happy to be out of there and also like um the team the powerlifting team at my high school was small so we all knew each other and we were all pretty close and I think that's what I like better about it oh nice how big was your track team um yeah, we had a pretty big team like obviously we had like varsity JV um mm-hmm. they were each like depending on what is it the event we had like at least six to ten people in each event so it was okay yeah see the reason I asked (laughs) you is because I went to like a tiny school side of track Mm -hmm. but like our whole track team was like a total of 60 people and we were always the smallest track team so I was like how big was yours (laughs) oh my gosh no our team was huge yeah yeah everyone else was like triple digits and we were just like oh (laughs) (laughs) yeah but so you mentioned you like the team aspect of it which is really cool because Unless you're from a place that has a lot of powerlifting, such as Texas, most people don't get to experience like the team atmosphere of powerlifting. So what about being on the team like made it really fun? Because I know you did single ply, right? So like you have to have people with you. So just the fact that you're able to help you get in your suit, <laughs> like were they super encouraging? Like were there any negatives to being on team? Well, um, for me, I think getting into it and having other girls on the team, especially was a big thing because, you know, back in what, 2016, 17, it wasn't a huge thing, even in high school. Um, So having other people there, obviously, to get your equipment on and like to teach you how to do all that, right, the movements and stuff is a plus. But also just having people there to support you through your lifts. we all weren't even in the same weight class. Like we were all different. So there was no like competitiveness there because there was no competitiveness like with us, you know? Um, So that was a pretty good thing. And me and the girls, there were like probably three of us my first year and it was great. I love all of them. And I still talk to them to this day, even though they like drop lifting, um, I still keep in touch and all that. Like I love them. (laughs) It's so cool that you were able to start so young. Did your like family support it especially being from Texas they probably were maybe used to that sport already or were they oh no they hated it (laughs) (laughs) they actually like I remember when I first got into it my mom was all like why are you doing that like um aren't you afraid of getting too bulky like looking like a man because you know in like um Hispanic households it's all about like looking the part and looking all Mm. feminine and you know things like that right stereotypes um, but I was like, you know, I really like it. I'll try it out. Despite like what they would say, though, they would still go to my meets and still support me. So like, but even then they were always like, are you sure? Like, are you, are you not afraid of like getting hurt or anything? And I'm like, well, no, I'll see you when that comes, I guess. <laughs> well, it's cool that they still support you and that they even let you do it. Right. Cause like, oh, you know, yeah. they can't be like, no. <laughs> like- yeah. I know at first I think my mom was all like why are you doing this Uh, but then after I was like you know you're not really gonna stop me so it's okay (laughs) well how is she about your powerlifting now oh um she is so supportive oh my gosh um she literally calls me after my meets 
every time and she's like I heard how you did because my sister's always at the meets I don't know if you maybe saw um or heard her screaming super loud she is probably my biggest supporter and has been since day one um but my mom always calls me and she's like I'm so glad you did great I'm so glad you achieved everything you wanted um let's see if there's more for you in the future I'm so excited to see you doing something you love and I'm like oh thank you (laughs) it's really great that she had that change of heart when did that kind of happen um I think for her that point where she knew I wasn't quitting anytime soon was when I got on the team at college Um, because I told her I had qualified for nationals through my total and um, after that she was kind of like you know well if you're gonna do this long term you better do it right and I'm like okay and she she just ended up supporting me ever since then like actually a hundred percent that's incredible so I know what school do you go to I go to Texas A&M University Nice. Okay. So (laughs) since you were on the team in high school and now you're in college team, does it feel extremely different being on the college team, like the atmosphere and the training and just like the overall environment? Um, I would say kind of, because in high school, we were all under my coach, like our strength and conditioning coach for the football team or something. I don't know. Um, And then here, we kind of have the liberty of choosing who our coach is. Like there is a team coach, but usually everybody has their own programming. Um, however, I do like the fact that being on a university team, um, most people are usually committed by that point in time because everybody's older, more mature, um, and they all support everybody else's goals. Um, there can be outliers, but that's never really affected me or stuff like that. Okay, cool. Well, that was when you actually went raw, right? Or did you do any raw meets before you got to college? Oh, no, I was planning on doing a, like Power Fest the summer going into college, but I never ended up going through with it just because I was just getting out of college. I mean, out of high school and mm-hmm. I was a broke high schooler. Like I, I couldn't afford that. So I was just like, I'll wait till college. Okay, so then what made you want to go raw? Um, actually one, actually it was, um, I was supposed to be equipped for college. Like that's why they had recruited me. Cause I was like, I'll be y'all's 47 equipped, which first of all, I wasn't even 47 at the time. <laughs> I was more like 56. And, um, since I had a previous equipment experience, they're like, you know, we need one. That's fine. Our previous one, like can't do it anymore. So I was like, okay. Um, but I just ended up training raw most of the time anyway. And I ended up liking it better. I liked um, not having to get into the suit, not getting death wraps around my knees, <laughs> the bench shirt. Oh God, that's terrible. I hate it. But, you know, it just felt so much more natural, more better. I guess better for me to uh, do raw lifting, even though at the time I was kind of weak. <laughs> well, I mean, well, get that in a second, because I can see here, like when you all of a sudden had like a big jump in your raw total <laughs> competing yeah. raw. Um, but how did they then, like, since you decided you were going to do raw, like they were okay with it? Cause you just said like, they were like, oh, you replaced the girl who did the quip. Cause like, she can't do it. They were mm-hmm. just like, sure. Like whatever. Well, um, well, originally I would, I competed raw to then 
qualify for equipment collegiate nats or something like that. I don't know how that really worked because, you know, um, I was barely new to the team. Um, mm. So I did my first meet with them raw. It was like the Ag Aggie quarantine something. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and then after that, I just decided after talking to my coach at the time, which Rob was the team coach at the time, um, I was like, should I go equipped? I don't know. And then he's all like, well, I think you have potential as a raw lifter. So I don't think you should do it. And I was like, okay. So I just ended up going raw. Ah, uh, that had to be such a relief for you. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. I hated it. I hated equipment. I mean, I would go back if like there's an opportunity, but who knows? I don't know. That's Maybe not really in my plans yet. Real talk. You would go back to equipment. <laughs> Yeah, I actually kind of want to see what my equipped squat would be. <laughs> well, okay, I can see you saying that because you've had such a massive jump in your total, but like <laughs> you would go into equipment like for one squat or like you would go to like legit oh. like want to compete. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I think just to like try it out again, see if I like it. <laughs> I still. Okay. Yeah, no, not commit to it. Not right now. Never. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like from all the people I've spoken to, like, once you go raw, like, you don't go back. Like, I, I don't see people yeah. be like, yeah, I'm going to go from equipped to raw for, like, a while and go back to equipped. Yeah, no, it's not common. <laughs> <laughs> At least today, because yeah. it's, it's starting to die off a little bit, but it's still here. It's still here. Yeah, it is. <laughs> So, dude, when I'm, like, looking at, like, you on open powerlifting, like, you had collegiate and junior nats of 2021. Mm -hmm. That year, you got third place. Mm -hmm. That year, we had a 771 total. And then when you fast forward to October the same year, last year, we had big jumps to 860 total. <laughs> so, that's, like, a 90-pound jump. Now, did anything distinctly in training or like a different change to your training really help you with that you feel or was it just like you got used to raw and just had a big uptick um I think right before collegiate actually I got on Rob's personal training and I think that was the biggest change for me because I was on general like team training it wasn't really personalized to me um during collegiates, like I was very in my head since I was a newer lifter and already like at a national meet, that was my first national meet. Um, I was very scared of my performance just because I knew my total was like right there um, with first and second. Um, and it just got to me a lot. So after that, after I got third place, actually, um, it motivated me to do more because I was like, I never want to feel like I didn't do enough or um like less than the best, I guess. <laughs> so then after that, my whole mental changed that summer and we worked really hard, you know, Rob worked with me through multiple things. Like even before collegiate that year, I had an accident, like a car accident um, that my arm was like hurt in. So I couldn't really even bench. So it, even then, like a lot of things happen, right? But ever since then, I was just like, you know, I'm never going to feel like that again. I never want to feel like I haven't done enough. So it just mentality change and everything has just gone up from then. That is really exciting. And also like dealing with an injury when it comes to like, I don't want to say traumatic. I don't know how bad like the mm -hmm. car accident was, but like to go from like, you feel good to like an actual abrupt, like, oh no, I'm in pain now. Like, did that cause any sort of fear for you when you got right back into training? 
Yeah, actually, like as soon as it happened, I was supposed to train the next day. I believe I had a bench day and I told Rob immediately. I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to even work out right now or for the next week. Like, I'm so scared. Like, you know, I don't have a car anymore. Um, so I can't even get to the gym and my arm was hurting. My neck was hurting. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I just didn't really have anything in my mind at that point. And even then I wanted to drop out of collegiate nats of mm. 21 because of that. Yeah. It really affected me, but we worked through it and I think it turned out well. <laughs> so that happened in 2021? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like early, like January, like right before oh. collegiates. Yeah. I was about to say, it's pretty close to collegiates. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. That's why I was scared. Cause I was like, what's going to happen? Um, what if it just doesn't heal or I don't get better? <laughs> But you did, thankfully. And it's so yeah. great that you had a coach that was, like, really willing to work with you. And I'm assuming he, like, really tailored the program to help you mm -hmm. kind of recover while you were still training, right? Oh, yeah. He was very precise with everything that I asked him um, to do for me in those things. Like, when I couldn't push anymore or when I just needed an extra day, he would be like, okay, like, we'll change it up. We'll move this there. And, like, he was very flexible with me, which is I'm so grateful for. That is really excellent. So he's going to continue on with personalized coaching for you. Reason I'm asking is I, so as someone who's never done college powerlifting, mm -hmm. I'm like, it's clear that some schools have like the generalized coaching for like the whole team. And then some schools are like, yeah, you can do it like personalized. Mm -hmm. So like your school just allows you to do personalized coaching throughout the entire time you're there. Yeah, exactly. Ah, okay, perfect. Mm -hmm. That's super yeah. convenient. Would that have been a game changer for you if, if that wasn't the case? Um, I don't know. To be honest, I didn't really go to school for powerlifting. Like I know some people okay. um, agree to go to schools because they give them a scholarship or whatever. Um, for me, I just wanted to go to AM. <laughs> I didn't really plan on continuing until I found out they had a team. Then I was like, okay, I'll try out. Why not? <laughs> oh, so you didn't even know they had a team when you like accepted to go to the school mm -hmm. yeah when I accepted I did not know but I started doing my research and then I figured out because one of my other teammates actually does go to the same school but he's not on the team and he mm -hmm. told me they had a team like that summer going into it so I emailed them and you know just contacted them <laughs> yeah that is wild I legit thought you like went to school for the sole purpose of piloting <laughs> oh no I actually I think I probably planned on like quitting after my senior year <laughs> But I'm so, glad I didn't. I'm glad you didn't too. Like, so you, <laughs> so then when did you feel like you got into like the groove of like, I really love powerlifting? Okay, so like you have some ups and downs with your mindset. Mm -hmm. um, I think I actually really said for sure that I'm gonna keep doing this was my senior year of high school after regionals. Cause um, you know, 2020 was COVID year, right? So mm -hmm we were I was preparing for state or something and they canceled the state me like I was still training up until that point even alone like with my equipment taking my heaviest you know numbers still just alone in a gym and they ended up um canceling the meet and that really like broke my heart because I was like I was supposed to do so much I never got to even debut like what I could do this year because um at that point I had gotten good and equipment and I was able to bench at my heaviest like 220 pounds so that's pretty crazy at the time <laughs> you're like 
that's wild I mean yeah it's equipment but like you're so small (laughs) yeah I never thought that would be I guess considered my best lift (laughs) even now like it's crazy oh my goodness okay Mm -hmm. so then so I'm gonna bring us back we were talking about your October meet where you had that big uptick to 860 total and then your next meet was this year's collegiate nationals and this year you took first. So kind of tell me about like how your prep went for collegiates and was your goal from the beginning of that prep, like I know I can get first place, so I'm gonna go for it. Or were you kind of surprised at like how the battle turned out? Okay, well, um, you know, after collegiates 21, I like I told you my mindset changed. We went mm-hmm. into training harder. Um, you know, we went into TSS Houston, like on a better game plan. Like I got my nutrition down good. I got um, all my variables down good. I was walking enough, eating enough, you know, just everything was perfect. Um, and it ended up being that as I continue my lifting journey, my weight has just kind of gone down. So um, I think that is actually a big thing with my training that has gone in better because <laughs> I used to just eat whatever. And I really have mm. to thank um, Alex for that. Alex Kano. I don't know if you've heard about him or anything, but he has just, you know, skyrocketed everything that goes with my progress in regards to nutrition. Um, anyway, about like my prep to collegiates. What is it? Um, well, I right after that Houston meet, I think me and Alex, because we talk about all this stuff a lot. Um, we talked about how my dots were, how my points were, all that uh, variable stuff. We were talking about it and we're like, well, you weighed in at 48.8 and you have this many dots. My goal was 500 dots for that meet. So I was like, what more can we do? What else can I do? What, what more? I want a 400 total. Maybe we can get that at collegiates. I don't know. Um, and I talked to Rob about it. He's like, well, we'll see your progress is going well. So there was no plans on stopping there. Um, and then once we got to Legit, you know, everything was kind of just set just because um, I wasn't really worried this time around at a national meet about my performance. I was more worried about what my total would be. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I wasn't worried about how I would compare to others. I was com- worried about myself because I know even last collegiate, I got, um, what is it? I got red lights on my third squat for depth. So that's something that we really changed to. Um, and I don't know, I think I was just wor- more worried about myself than the other people there. So that was a big change that led me to perform better, I think. Yeah, some people, it's crazy. Like some people do really well when they're focused on just them and they don't really look at competition. And then mm-hmm. some people are like, no, I need to see how everyone else is doing so I can like be more motivated to push myself mm-hmm. on the day. And so it's cool to hear like so how people are different. So you are like, hey, I got folks on myself only. And if I can just nail down everything that I know I've worked on, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, because going into collegiate, it's like, um, you know, I'd hit my heaviest numbers, right? So I don't really, I or at least I used to not post that much, but mm. I already knew by my training numbers that I'd hit around a 400 total. Like that wasn't a surprise to me. Um, I just needed to put it on the platform which is what counts, right? <laughs> of course. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, looking at QTs, looking at previous like records for collegiates, like I'm very 
analytical when it comes to that. So I look at, at all of these variables and how people in previous years had done, but not that specific year. So it doesn't worry me as much. And I saw, oh, well, the total record is like 300 something. Oh, that, well, I think I could take that. And then I looked at squat and bench and just all that motivated me to do better and not focus on my current competition, which was great. Yeah. That is excellent. And like, it, it worked out perfect. You got the 400 total at this mm-hmm. meet. Yeah. And a big jump in dust because you went down in weight. I didn't even realize mm-hmm. you were doing 52 kilo and you went down to 48. Like that didn't even like hit me. So you, yeah, yeah you mentioned Alex helps you out with nutrition. So does he have like tracking all your macros? Does he have you like, what's he have you doing? Um, yeah, so we actually started before collegiate of um, 21, right? And tracking and stuff. As soon as I got with Rob, like literally me and him started working on nutrition as well. And ever since then, I was like, you know, my goal is to look better, feel better in my own body. Cause I felt like I had, I had gained weight from um, COVID. Like I gained like 20 pounds um, <laughs> during that COVID stuff. And I didn't like being at the higher end of 52. Um, and I was just like, very unhappy with how I looked and stuff. And I was like, you know, I want to lose weight, but I want to still feel good and still be moving the same weight that I do. Not really like diminishing that. So he knows how, he knows how to do it perfectly. He calculated my macros and tells me when the time am I eating sometimes when it's closer to calm. Um, But right now we're not really tracking as seriously just because I don't have a comp lined up till October. So yeah. Uh, we'll definitely get into that competition that you have lined up. But <laughs> to keep going with macros, so some people, like, I also like coach nutrition, and some people are like, even when I'm like nowhere near meat, I want macros all year long. If I'm off macros, I can't tell what 20 ounces of chicken is versus 150 ounces of chicken. Like, I don't know. So just let me track it. And then other people are like, yo, I need to like chill with the amount of tracking that I do, but I can still like kind of eat intuitively. So are you someone who like tries to eat more intuitively unless you're close to a meat or are you going to just take a small break from tracking, but then go back to tracking way outside, like in your off season? Oh, I only take at most like a month break from tracking just because I know, um, especially in the sport, it's kind of Um, common to see people get obsessive with that type of stuff and I don't want to be part of that so I give myself liberty like right now before and after Vegas I gave myself time to just eat whatever I wanted and actually right now I have started tracking again and started getting back on my nutrition just because I hate cutting for meats that is the first thing that I told Alex when we started working together on nutrition I was like I'm not cutting ever like I hate it so much. I could never water load, especially at like the body weight that I am now. It's just like impossible to see me working at the best that I can while cut water cutting like six, seven, eight pounds. Yeah. Have you experienced about water cut? No, I've never had to cut before. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. not fun. If you can avoid it, do it. <laughs> yeah, no, I hate that. I've seen my friends go through it. I've seen, you know, just people say their experiences with it and it never seems to go well with people that I know. So I'm like, why would I put myself through that? (laughs) So I would just rather avoid it altogether and diet in the months coming up to the meet. That's why I sit so low Mm because I track months before and I get down to the weight 
over time. So it's not as big as a, of a drop off. And at the end, like if I'm barely above, like maybe I portion my meals a little bit smaller and I'll be fine. And another thing too, like another factor for a 48 kilo lifter, like it to lose six pounds, that's like, what percentage? That's like 10%, right? Of like your body mm -hmm. or le maybe less than that. I can't do math, but like it's a lot more, <laughs> it's a lot more than your yeah. body percentage than like anyone else. So mm -hmm. I feel like that could make water cuts harder for smaller people. Yeah. Um, that's why I never want to do it. <laughs> yep. Girl, you on the right track. You got the nutrition coach, like avoid it at all costs. Like, mm -hmm. oh my God, I'm so team don't water cut, but well yeah. now, now that I moved up a weight class, I'm team don't water cut, but, <laughs> but okay. So we get to collegiate, we hit that 400 kilo total that you were like, yo, I can hit this total. And you hit that total while dropping down into this 48 kilo weight class. So now we're in prep for Megan Nats right so how did the prep go like was it a smooth prep did we make any changes from the last one just how did it feel overall before you even got to meet day honestly um all my preps up to then have been pretty consistent but inconsistent so I will say consistent as in I train every day I do my best to show up and work hard every day um even if I'm not motivated I still go um if there's days where I don't feel as motivated, I'll still go and do my main lifts and maybe skip accessories. <laughs> but that was in the past. Oh my God. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but that was in the past, right? <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, so they're consistent in that way. But always um, right before comp, um, I have this breakdown maybe a month out. And throughout that whole last month where I'm supposed to be peaking, I'm doing the absolute worst in my training um that you could ever see like I can never execute the same numbers that I do um in training on the platform specifically deadlift my other two have been consistent in the gym and out like on comp day um but deadlift is just very inconsistent all the time feels terrible but are you saying that so you hit a heavier number in prep and not on the platform or vice versa vice versa um meet day was oh. like not difficult except for bench bench was kind of yeah <laughs> but no I didn't hit what I wanted to on deadlift <laughs> but still an interesting can you say it feels better on meat day than it does throughout the entire prep which yeah. some people have that with a certain lift and it tends mm -hmm. to be honestly like the more people I talk to it tends to be deadlift like deadlift mm -hmm. shows up on meat day I'm guessing because it's like it takes most muscle and stuff essentially the heaviest the hardest lift working but like it tends to show up more on meet day and then like all the lifts like you chilling through comp or through prep and then whatever you did in prep you're kind of trying to hit on the platform so you don't expect much more to get out of that mm -hmm. yeah um throughout my prep like I knew numbers that I wanted to hit like if I would have went nine for nine I would have hit like a four twelve and a half total which is mm -hmm. like was something crazy to me uh right but you know obviously that didn't go planned maybe I should take 20 minutes between my second and third attempt I don't know but <laughs> but even then like I'm not disappointed I know I could do better and I know um even on meet day I like didn't fully execute 100 percent um just because I wanted my squat to be heavier I've hit heavier way more way before 
And I feel like I could have done that on the platform that day. Everything was perfect. <laughs> well, I was going to ask that because you hit all three squad tests, but you went for 308 and you've hit before that the best you did was 311, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what was the best you hit in training leading up to this meet? Um, I think it was the same. Oh, 320. Okay, that's a big jump. So like on me, they were just not feeling it. Actually, no, I felt perfect. <laughs> Squats always move terrible. Um, after 135, everything moves hard and the same. I have never really grinded on the platform my squats before. Like a really hard grind where I mm-hmm. had to like convince myself to do it. I haven't had that yet. And that's why I was kind of disappointed. I mean, it kind of sounds dumb. But to me, it's like, I know that wasn't my top end. Like, I know I could have done better. Were you just aiming, like, you just go for a number that you knew would get you to win? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then beforehand, before the meet, I'm sure you, you talked to Rob about, like, the game plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they kind of tell you in advance, like, hey, we're going to hit numbers that would get us to win and not necessarily try to go balls to wall. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And we did discuss this because um, we, as you know, like a lot of 48s don't even post their training. So we didn't really know where they would be. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Steve was saying Demetria was, you know, skyrocketing on her training and, you know, Mallory's just crazy. Like her squads just seem to keep moving and moving, you know, it was just, there's a lot of factors that we did not know going into the meet just because nobody posts. <laughs> yeah, so we were basically trying to play safe enough to get the win. Yeah. <laughs> hey, y'all. We're going to interrupt this awesome conversation with Jessica for just a moment because I have to tell you that if you're not already wearing Girls Who Powerlift Apparel, which is some of the best apparel on the market, if you want to look good in and outside of the gym, from the t-shirts to the pants to the leggings to the shorts with pockets to meet their socks singlets they got you covered they have all of the nice apparel they have everything for your meet day gear if you want to support an awesome brand and powerlifting and look good in the outside of the gym please use code Solana10 and go on girlsdopowerlift.com and shop your little heart out because they're always having new drops nearly twice a month. That's girlsdopowerlift.com using code Solana. And let's get back to today's episode. So that makes total sense. It makes me kind of laugh because one reason people don't post training or even for me, like I don't post a lot of training. It's like, I don't want everyone to know where I am. And that's obviously the mindset, especially more on the female side than the men's side, hundred percent. But at the oh, yeah. same time as a podcast host, who's like doing preview shows with two our lights, I'm like, I get pissed off and don't post the training because you can't gauge where they are. <laughs> so it's just, it's funny to hear it that like your coach is like essentially wishing that they would post their training to help with the meet they plan which makes it kind of smart to not post. But at the same time, I personally, and my selfishness, <laughs> feel like it makes <laughs> it way more fun when people have an idea of where you are because it, it like builds a storyline and makes it more exciting for me today. Yes, I agree. And that's why I've kind of made myself start posting more. Because now I'm like, what do I need to worry about? Like, um, people are going to see it anyways on meet day. 
um you know you see french lifters posting all of their training RP they post 10. every single thing yep <laughs> dude well, yes. they do rp is 10 on a weekly basis i swear <laughs> to god so like <laughs> no yeah it's crazy they're, they're insane like insanely strong um but i'm just like you know what does it matter they're gonna see it anyway like so that's my mindset i guess now with posting too i don't really care anymore <laughs> I was definitely starting to adapt that mindset because you're right like the strong the people who are really strong like they may have posted and like they still go out and execute and do great like mm-hmm. like the people watching didn't get 25 kilos stronger because they know what you're doing now so all of a sudden now we can make the game plan and beat you like not necessarily <laughs> yeah exactly and then me and Rob were also um overestimating what they can do like we were mm-hmm. taking all of their lifts and we we're like okay best case scenario what if they add two and a half here and you know all that so we were like being really technical with that and just being like okay well if I hit four I I'm pretty good like I think I'm okay <laughs> so he has you also like he talks to you about their lifts yeah ah that's interesting Isn't that cool <laughs> Well, it is cool. Like, it depends on what you want. So you're saying you can handle that because at the same time, you also mentioned like you have to worry more about yourself in competition mm-hmm. to do well. So I'm surprised to hear that you like pay attention to your competition as much as you can. I kind of figured that meant like I shut out social media. Like that's like the idea I got from what you said. Oh, no. Okay. So I keep track of my competition too. Like <laughs> I love to see everybody post. Um, even though I don't really myself, but you know, just like you said, it's cool to have that knowledge to see what people are going to do. Cause they're not going to add 20 keys in a day, you know? Right. So I would usually actually send it to Rob and be like, oh my gosh, she's doing so much. Like, this is crazy. And then he's like, yep, you gotta be better. You gotta be doing good. You gotta get everything like on track, you know, keeping me in check. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like I have to, even though I already was, but I guess it was like a reminder <laughs> for that. Yeah. So on meet day, are you paying attention to your competition? Like, are you literally like, oh, I see, like I hit my squat and now I got to see what she hits. So I'm like looking at the board in the back. Um, I'm looking. Yes. I'm like paying attention to all that, but mostly just to know whenever I go next. <laughs> I usually let Rob handle all the numbers and stuff. And if he tells me, okay, what do you think? I'll tell him this number immediately. And he's like, okay, he goes, puts it in. And I just kind of zone out. I don't really focus on what everybody else is doing. Although at Ron Nats, I was looking around at squats when everybody was warming up just because of how different everybody warms up. I never knew people take so many warmups on squats and I take like three and I'm like, what am, am I doing something wrong or are they, or, but it's cool to see how everybody um, does that. Cause you know, you don't see it every day. Everybody's from different places. So, you know, you don't see that on Instagram. Nobody posts their warmups. <laughs> so yo, that is so true. And I saw you, I saw you at your bench press go straight to a red. And then <laughs> you I, girl, I don't even go straight to a red. I was like, oh. <laughs> okay. Oh my god, actually on comp day at um Nats, what is it? Rob was all like, okay, what do you want to take? Bar first? And I was like, okay, sure. I did. I mean, usually I don't, but he's, I was like, okay. So I did. And then um, he's all like, what do you take next? Yellow, blue. And I'm like, no, nah, let's put a red on there. <laughs> we did. And he was like hey. hesitant about it, but like, he also doesn't know how I warm up. So I've been the same way. I've been like, you sure? 
yeah, and you're like, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, even like, oh my God, even yesterday, um, I just went up to my top set because I was too lazy to warm up. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> oh my God. Rob, if you're listening to this, start writing down her warm ups. Not that you <laughs> gotta do like 50. Not that you gotta do like 50, but I'm just, you might wanna add in like one or two. Just one or two. Get the body oh primed. How do you gauge? Do you do RPE? Is the RPE yes. or is it percentage based? How do you gauge your RPE if you're not doing warm up? Um, cause just because my bench usually moves the same <laughs> for everything until it fails. Yeah, you're hilarious. <laughs> well, it's got you this far to each their own. God bless. You bench more than me, so I can't say much. <laughs> but you also have an insane arch. Like, I think my favorite thing about watching, I I should, you can find them as these small lifters because no, I, I just care. think of the 48, so it's just like these tiny little, cute, like, <laughs> but like you're so freaking strong. And like, mm-hmm. I feel like the small, tiny girls have the best arches to watch because you guys are all like little flexible pretzels like the smaller you are I feel like the more your ribcage just allows you to like somehow magically and like your spine is just like me like in this beautiful rainbow <laughs> every time I watch small girls you have a massive arch so I guess it works for you because essentially with a really small range of motion how much do you really need to warm up I'm about to DM Caitlin Barry and ask her how much she warms up because <laughs> now I have to know yeah, is it just a thing actually, for you I think um, she also just jumps to red. <laughs> oh my God. So it's just a thing for y'all. Yo, this is opening my eyes. <laughs> that is wild. Okay. So anyway, let's circle back to Megadad. So we do our squats. We play conservative. You hit through eight. Deep down, you want it more, but you can, you hit it. We get mm-hmm. to bench press. And bench also moves well. You got, you got fat PR in bench press. Like that is oh, a... Yeah. Yeah, 13 pound PR right there. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Actually, going into bench, it felt fine. It felt normal. Second attempt, you know, felt fine. Um, literally normal. I was like, okay, whatever. And then I just let Rob pick third attempt just because I didn't want to think about it. I'm like, you go ahead. I don't care. Whatever you want. Um, and so he did. And then I didn't actually expect 97 to be so hard. Because <laughs> usually, like... And usually it just shows up the same as in um, practice. So I wasn't really thinking about how hard or whatever. I'm just thinking about, I need to hit this. And to be honest, I didn't know I could grind like that. <laughs> so that was like the first time you grinded a competition. Yeah. Like the first actual like grinder. I was very proud of that because, you know, it's so hard, especially with like negative one inch of ROM. Like that is <laughs> so difficult to grind out. Like, I don't know if it's really noticeable for my video, but like from my touch point, it just kind of went up and then it kind of stalled out. And then I shot it towards my face and it was like, it went up. So I'm like, oh, okay, bet. <laughs> like, I was happy. And a record. So big step for the bench. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so you take handoffs, right? For bench press? Yes. Yeah. So is your bench press like, I know people who have a really big arts like you they typically need like essentially the perfect handoff. So does that like ever mess you up if like the handoff's not you off or can you like find that you can recover easily even if the handoff's not perfect? Um, Actually on my first and second attempts, my handoffs were not 
um, that great. Um, so I did have to recover on my third one. Like each time that I went up there, I would explain to the spotter, like do it very gently, like barely off the J hooks. Like you don't have to do much, just like barely lift it off and place it into my hands and it'll be fine. Um, you know, and each time I went up and explained it and I was like, even more gently, even more gently. And then the third time, like for that 97, it was perfect. So I was like, oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That's, that's just so, um, I wish I could understand what that's like, because for someone like when they have a big range of motion, like I just pop it off and go, like I don't even need a handoff. Cause I'm just like, it's two feet down like there's nothing technical about this I'm just trying to press the weight up <laughs> my muscle so it's just so interesting to hear like about people who have like a bigger arch like everything's way more technical but also that's an extra variable you have to deal with have you ever in your four years but still that's 20 percent of your life on this earth of powerlifting have you had like a bad handoff that's like caused you a lift in competition yeah um actually probably bad lift and bad call <laughs> um in the Houston meet actually um mm. what is it my third bench I don't remember what I was going for maybe 90 198 oh yeah something like that um you know handoff was not that great and then the press command was botched and it was like stuttered which I guess it cannot really be um you know the judges what is it mistake just because it's something natural that happens to everybody even I stutter but like it it screwed me for my third attempt so yeah, I was I kind of imagine. sad about that I yeah. can't imagine here <laughs> oh my god no <laughs> literally that's literally what happened <laughs> <laughs> like what yeah and I was confused because as soon as he said put he he said push and then said press immediately after and I'm like no. what <laughs> and so I was like confused as to go or not so I just like left it on my chest I'm like whatever <laughs> uh that sucks you know I, I'm a referee and that's like one of my biggest fears my chief referee that I'll just say the wrong word and correct it really fast and mess somebody up like that's like it's such a stupid fear but it's like all your your job is to say like nine words the whole day and so like what if I mess this up oh no but someone actually did see I, I didn't do that so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, at that meet, I was, like, I wasn't really mad. Like, you can't really be mad at that. I was just kind of disappointed because I couldn't get it. But, you know, you don't expect that. <laughs> and that's no, 100%, most, dude. I think that's what I was um, afraid of at Meganats. Like, what if my judge did that? Would I be prepared for it again? You know, I think that was one of my, I guess, um, fears for this meet, too. <laughs> well, I guess the cool thing about Meganats is you have, oh, wait, did they have a jury? I thought me. Oh no, no, that was a local meet. We're talking about the Texas meet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, the Texas see, meet they didn't have. Good chance they would Jerry would give you another relift, but also then you wasted that energy sitting there with the bar in your chest. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, it's fine. Uh, so we get to our deadlifts, and even though we did not hit the number you wanted, oh no, this was not an all-time PR. I thought it was a PR. Your best is now three sixty-nine. I mean, hit three sixty-three. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay so we hit our first and second we hit 341 363 and now at this point you basically had one so what made you want to go for this number it's a big number but obviously I know you hit that in training I saw it mm-hmm. so tell me um, like how that third attempt picking process went 
Well, basically after seconds, and I don't know, you're probably watching my first and seconds. They move so fast. I literally yeah. almost fell back for both of them. I like, had to fight to keep um, like upright because I was about to fall. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why third attempt, um, you know how I told you deadlifts usually show up no problem meet day. Like I usually go in there and have even more left in the tank. Maybe sometimes I feel like I could hit something that I haven't even touched in practice yet. Um, that's just how I am meet day. I don't know why, but it just feels like that. So I told Rob, I'm like, okay, let's go 175. You know, I've hit that. It's probably going to be there. It feels like it is. Okay. And then the lifting cast shuts off (laughs) and we were like, what is going on? I was just sitting there for a little bit. I wasn't really keeping track of time. Um, but Rob went around and like went to the front and was asking around what was going on. And I was just like, okay. Like I was just sitting there and then Demetrius next to me and I was like, do you know what's going on? And she just had her headphones in. Like she wasn't really like paying attention. She's like, what happened? Are we just waiting for our third attempts? And I was like, how do you not know what's going on? The lifting cast just shut up. <laughs> so for me, when I'm watching, I was lost till now where I legit was like, I don't know what's going on, but clearly there's confusion happening. And this is just now hitting me because I I feel like Nationals was like five years ago, even though it just happened. But I'm like, yeah, there was a good long gap where we sat there just confused, but we had no idea Lift and Cast was down. Mm-hmm. So now we know. Keep going. Yeah, it was. And then, so me and Mallory were next to each other and we were talking about it. We're like, what's going on? Like, why is the Lifting Cast down? What happened? And then we talked to Demetra about it. She's like, oh, I don't know what's going on. I'm just sitting here waiting. And like, she was just like nonchalant. And I'm like, that's great. Like, I wish I could be like that. I wish I, I could be like that. No, I, the, first, the second I was seeing that if I was competing, I'd be like, what? <laughs> yeah, I was like that. I was like, what is going on? Like, what? come on, like, I need to be doing my third. I'm going to get cold because I get cold that fast. Mm. Um, so it was a concern for me. Um, but I wish I could be just that careless. Oh my gosh, that would have been great. <laughs> Never. Never in my life. I know everything is going on. Like I have music yeah. on sometimes, but I'm still like watching the screen, watching everybody walk out. Look like now. So. Yeah, exactly. And then once like like 15 minutes passed, I'm like, dang, like, should I take another warm-up? What should I do? I didn't really know what to do because what if they had just started in that second and I'd be wasting my time. So we didn't really, you know, know what to do next. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of a waiting game. Um and it just ended up being 20 minutes. I got cold and that's all. Like can't really do much about it. <laughs> Dude, I'm that sucks. Like <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I even understood how long it was because me and my friends were talking for so long and then we were like wait how long is it been <laughs> yeah I think it was actually almost 30 if I'm not mistaken no way yeah was I it think. really that long yeah it felt like a, the longest time back there <laughs> you think you would think I wasn't in the crowd watching it but I wasn't <laughs> but, yeah I felt uh, crazy I don't know. <laughs> Did you consider I, like bring the number down by the time it was time for you to go or about to go? Um, to be honest, no, not really. I was just like, you know, if it's there, it's there. If it's not, it's not. And then I guess after the competition, I talked to Rob about it and I was like, you know, I feel like maybe we should have put it down because we didn't know how long it was going to be. But mm-hmm. then again, we weren't really thinking about that in the moment, you know, yeah. like it's all happening so fast. 
where we're not like creating game plans that fast you know so it, it's it is what it is like it's okay <laughs> that makes sense well yeah. overall though you still walked away with the pr total yeah extra two and a half kills in your total and the national champion so then <laughs> you tell everybody that you're going <laughs> to pa probably in america to compete against heather connor which i'm actually very excited about because two things number one heather needs competition in america she really does like girl we've been doing this for a long time it's time for you to actually have to work hard on <laughs> at the national platform <laughs> she's literally talked about how like meet day is fun for her like it's just fun thing that you go and see like skipping she didn't say skipping that was me adding it but like <laughs> how it's like, relaxed for her like with you like she can't chill like you are 17 pounds away i believe yeah 17 pounds away from like her best ever total and like that was when you honestly had more in the tank in that squat you have more in the tank in that second deadlift so essentially you're potentially already matching Heather Connor, which we've never seen someone like that besides Tiffany Chapone. Yeah, it is pretty crazy. Um, you know, actually this was a kind of a spontaneous decision to switch just because um, I don't really want to go into meets uncontested. Um, I hate not having competition, like winning by default. Like, I feel like that's not really a deserving of a win like yeah it's like good right I won yeah right but like I want to be pushed I want to mm -hmm. be pushed and be able to do everything leave everything on the platform right and I think moving to powerlifting America especially with TIFF there too um it's just a different thing it's a game changer and they will both push me Heather and TIFF so that's Absolutely. the main reason why I switched yeah and you said it was kind of spur of the moment. So like, but you also kind of announced it right after you left Megan Nats. Like when did that conversation with Rob happen? Um, like the night after. <laughs> yeah, very quickly, just because I had to, like, I know I hate taking time off of training. Um, mm -hmm. So I was like, I need to tell him now. So he knows what my next moves are. Cause I also, you know, switched coaches too right after um so you know I had to tell him immediately um just because of that because of my time constraints and yeah. who's your new coach Jason from the strength guys yes that's gonna be <laughs> so what made you choose Jason um the main reason why I chose him is because he would be able to handle me at powerlifting America slash IPF meets if I ever get to go to like that which is happening soon right um but yeah um another reason why I chose him is because his experience with like just higher level athletes um you know Rob is a great coach like I recommend him for anything but you know Jason has that experience behind other lifters that are great like obviously Taylor is like um like an anomaly like the one percent right but you know he has that experience he knows how that works he knows how world meet, meets work he knows he's just very knowledgeable about all this and this is why I chose him like he just sold it to me I guess <laughs> literally did you guys have any rapport beforehand like how you guys been talking yes um we had had a conversation right after collegiates actually 
Um, Cause I wasn't really sure if I wanted to switch this year or next year or whenever. I just knew I wanted to switch soon. Um, and I talked to him and I was like, do you have any options available or like spots available? Um, I would like to talk to you and see what the strength guys is all about. See if I like it. Um, you know, see if that's another option for me. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. Was that going down close to Meganat's? Yeah, it was. It was like, um, it was like in that time between like Collegiates and Meganat's. And then literally right after Meganat's, he's like, congrats on your performance. Let me know when you want, what your next move is. And I was like, okay. So I have to make a decision by like, Saturday or Sunday literally days after I competed and I'm like oh my god like everything's just piled up on me this weekend but you know (laughs) it happens so you're already a couple weeks in then to training with Jason are you is it a big change I know it's always been like two weeks but is the programming style very different um yeah we do quite different things from what me and Rob are doing um we're approaching like doing more with my trainings just because I think it's week three by now so we're about to start pushing more and seeing like what we can do things we can change the little technical things Mm -hmm. so he gets a better idea of how I work with my training um so I'm excited for that I really am (laughs) it's a good change yes when you say technical Mm -hmm. change you mean like he's going to just pay more attention to your form making form tweaks or do you mean like just big changes in the training compared to Rob? I think big changes in the training. Um, we haven't really like set a straight thing that we're going to do. Like specifically, I just told him, this is my goal. This is what I want. And let's make this happen. Whatever you say, I will listen to. <laughs> and what is that goal? That's just told him. Oh, I want a monster deadlift. Okay, what's the monster that I know you got a number in your head? Oh my god, I want to hit hopefully uh, 180 soon and then 200. No, say it with your chest. <laughs> but yeah, um, I just really want a big deadlift because if it's coming down to worlds, we all know that Tiff is squatting a house and she's not going yep. to stop. Um, you know, our benches are like right there. So the only lift I can really get her on is deadlift. And I think that is a key to my success. <laughs> and that will be huge because like your deadlift is definitely progressing so well. And you're right. Like, you guys have very similar bench presses mm-hmm. and you're also right. Like her squat is just ridiculous. So obviously I know you want to progress in all three lifts, but like the deadlift specifically, like if you can be like, have that big up on her, that can be the game yeah. changer right there. Exactly. And, you know, obviously going to PA and IPF, like my main goal is to hopefully win a world championship one day. So I definitely need to focus on these things, my little weaknesses here and there to like tweak and then get better. I think what's most exciting about it is like how close you both are in age, you and Tiffany, like you're both juniors. Yeah. So it makes it really cool because you're so close in age. And one thing that me and the two ballet guys were talking about a lot was like, Tiff has made so much progress and she's so young, right? Mm-hmm. So like you've also made so much progress and you're even younger. 
And so yeah. that's just like, that, like younger always means like you have more room to be growing. And so this is going to be, I think in a couple months time, well, more than a couple months, we got to do the PA meet first, but yeah, <laughs> like step one has to be deep down Heather Connor for the first time in America. Yeah. Has not yeah. Been done. That hopefully, um, you know, we're friends. We talk a lot actually, um, but I'm actually really excited to compete against her um ever since I started raw lifting like that's when I started you know researching all these raw lifters and figured out about who is Heather Connor and I was like wow like that's crazy and now that we're on like literally talking level every day almost and she supports me so much like you know it's crazy to see how things change and I'm just very excited that has always been a goal for me to compete against her one day and now it's finally happening so it's really crazy to see that's so amazing and honestly like we've been talking a bit more me and Heather and she's like a really like she really does care about like her competition as people which I think is really dope that like you can be like hey I know this girl like Jessica is coming to try to like beat me (laughs) and I'm still going to like talk to her all the time like be her friend so like it's really cool to like you can have a good relationship with someone who you also want to beat I feel like there are a lot of sports that aren't like that but I feel like powerlifting in general is is more common to see like your what should be like who should be your rival also like your friend you may not be you know we be best friends like in the nine minutes you're competing but besides that <laughs> yeah I know and she has helped me already like tremendously you know because I've never competed internationally so she mm-hmm. definitely has like experience um age and you know just everything kind of on me like above me I guess more experience overall um, but she's really helped me and guided me through things I should be doing, looking for, um, you know, travel, how I'm going to pay for that, like my, with my sponsors and, you know, things like that. She's really guided me. And I'm so grateful for her, to be honest, like that. that I don't know. She's so selfless to me. That, I don't again, know about anybody so, else, but I mean, girl, so far with me, we're cool. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm just going to talk about yeah. what I know. Yeah. <laughs> but anybody else said I didn't experience that but yeah that's really cool I'm gonna get into your sponsors in a second but I wanna know you so you have some big goals right you want to be throwing Heather you want to go against Tiff Chappone you want to essentially be beating Heather in deadlifts and she's the best deadlifter we've ever seen really period pound for pound in the IPF so this would be you want to become the best deadlifter in the IPF is what you're really saying and along with that do you have dreams of Sheffield Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> I think that is also a big goal for mine. I know this year I may not be able to just because like I haven't competed worlds, but I do know like SBD has, what is it, the wild cards? I don't know how that really works. Or if um, you wouldn't be eligible this year, you would have had to either yeah. compete or you have to have competed in IPF within, I believe it's the last four years. Keep Spencer talking to me at nationals. I think he said four years, but like double check, but I'm 99% sure it's been the last four years. So you never know IPF me, so you can't do it for next this coming Sheffield. But that could definitely be something you could be aiming to do if you can get that spot over Heather to go to IPF Worlds next year. Yeah, um, Sheffield is definitely there for me. Like that is a goal too, especially just because I didn't even know it was a really a thing till this year. And I was like, what is Sheffield? Like, what is that? I didn't know this. It was this like big, huge competition with so much prize money. I'm like, whoa. 
<laughs> well, that's totally fair. I mean, it's supposed to happen last year. It didn't happen. So it's totally yeah. fair that you didn't know because it has yet to ever happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and plus at the time, like if you weren't competing at high level in like USAPL, like why would you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like yeah, at the time you weren't yet. So, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't really looking at all that. I was more looking at like USAPL lifters, but now mm-hmm. it's like, I got to look at international. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh my gosh. And who are your sponsors? Oh, right now I am sponsored by Jack Factory and okay. I am also sponsored by Virus. This is recent. Is that one new? I'm about to say, like, I feel like I haven't um, seen that on your Instagram yet. No, this is actually like went into effect this week. Um, oh, congrats, girl. <laughs> I know we've been talking back and forth since Meganats because I went to their booth and I was talking to them and all this right they even um Shorty one of their video producers he even recorded a video for me and he wasn't even like recording me primarily he was there for another lifter and I was like that is so sweet you didn't have to go out of your way to do that and he did anyway and then I was like you know what I'm gonna reach out to them I love their singlet you know just 10 for 10% off but anyway um <laughs> no I I love their brand and um just being their sponsor now is like that next step and I'm so excited to continue this with them that is so exciting I first of all oh no I'm about to lie I'm about to say I didn't even know they were at Nats <laughs> but no I did they were definitely at Nationals <laughs> yeah um but what if you open to sharing like Cause I know a lot of people, especially like people who are like my clients, they, they're like, man, one day it'd be so cool. Just like, know what even a sponsorship is like. Right. And let's be real. Like mm-hmm. most people will never be sponsored. Like, no, <laughs> like most people, yeah. right. Who compete in the sport will never be sponsored. So like, what does that entail with virus? If you can give information on it. Um, I think obviously like they want people to, you know, um, showcase their brand you know tell everybody how great it is I mean somebody doesn't just become a sponsor because they don't like their stuff right like nobody would just do that um so for me I love them um but hopefully if like it develops into a bigger thing right um I would hope to have them also sponsor me for worlds because worlds is not cheap you know travel and hotel and you know things like that is things that I'm already thinking of. And it's like, man, I'd be spending a lot of money. <laughs> so it'd be great to even have some help with that. But even if not, I'm still proud to represent them. Like I, I love the brand and I'm behind everything they do. Oh, that's so awesome. They're <laughs> really a great band to have. Like, like they've been around for so long. That's mm-hmm. the kind of brand where like everyone's gonna know it. So it was cool to respond by them. Congratulations, dude. That's yeah, so cool. thank you. So recent. Um, so do you have an idea of when your next meet will be? Which should be essentially yeah. probably your qualifier for nationals, right? Yes. Okay. So at first I wanted to do a USAPL meet, like a pro meet before I left USAPL, but that's not happening anymore because it just doesn't fit the timeline. So I've been talking to Powerlifting America and they said that they were going to host an Oct- October meet in Austin at the illegal facility again. So I was like, that is a great opportunity. It is close. It is in Texas. I don't have to travel that much. That's perfect for me. And then that only means that I would have nationals to do next year and um, worlds if that happens to happen. 
<laughs> if that happens to occur. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so now my meets aren't like so back to back as they were going mm-hmm. to be, um, which is great for me because I don't like being in meet prep back to back. It's kind of tiring. I feel like everyone, like the word since we all competed is retired. Cause like everyone, a lot of people did Arnold's and for worlds we'll have to do like nationals and go right into worlds like eight weeks later. So I feel like everyone had their back to back meet press and we're always like, okay, <laughs> we're done. Yeah. Like, I know. And I'm like, dang, how could people do the Arnold, which is like one or two months out of that? It was and I'm like, weeks. Oh, 12 weeks. Oh, okay. That's yeah. not too bad. Not horrible. Okay. But anyway, it, I feel like it's so close, but then again, like collegiates was also pretty close. So it was I, I don't you. know. <laughs> it really was. Like you legit had like was. three months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You had the same amount of time actually. So. I know. Yeah. That's like, I don't know why I think that, but either way, um, it's really impressive to see these high level lifters go back to back just because everybody knows it's not easy to just jump into a prep right after the last especially like what if you didn't do well at that last one and then you're already preparing for a new one you like don't have time to recover or even think about what you did which is like it's crazy I love how a lot of high level lifters um have that like determination and discipline to just keep going even though things are going bad well, that's one thing I'll say, like, about lifters who take the sport so seriously. Like, even if things aren't going great, we all have more long-term thinking. Like, okay, like, but the next one can be better. We have to focus on these things. I And you look, you can, you can take a step back, like, what can I do in my life to, like, actually help my myself progress, maybe even outside of the gym. So that's what's cool about when you get, like, serious about powerlifting. You're like, okay, like, everything I do has to somehow either positively or negatively affects my training. So what can I tweak? <laughs> yeah. So definitely something that's cool about like high level lifters. I have some small questions for you just so we can kind of get to know you a little bit more. So you may have already talked about that person, but who is currently your biggest piloting inspiration? Inspiration? Inspiration. Oh my gosh. Um... I don't even know what actually probably um Heather she was probably the first person that I ever knew that was small enough that was doing so much especially like back in what is it 2018 probably 19 like she was just popping off every meet um at worlds and like just doing crazy things um you know it was unbelievable at the time even probably before that, before I even knew her, but she was probably, and probably still is my biggest inspiration just because she's been doing it so long. She's so like committed to it. Yeah, that, that is so cool. I have a feeling for Heather. So how crazy <laughs> is it in your mind? Like your inspiration is like your friend. <laughs> um, I don't know. It is like pretty surreal, I guess. Um, I never really imagined we'd get to like be friends you know just because I at least when I used to not be a high level lifter I would think oh these lifters probably just focus on themselves probably are not friends with those people in their weight classes because they want to be the best they're probably like enemies you know I never thought it'd be like so friendly and I I love it oh dude so (laughs) cool okay favorite song to help you get hyped on meet day Oh, wow. Okay. Um, 
I think it has to be On That Time by Playboy Cardi. <laughs> that was actually supposed to be um, my meat song, but I think it's because it had like cursing in it. They didn't put it on there. <laughs> oh, womp womp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I chose funny. the ultimate. Yeah, so the person who was helping with the music, music was Harrison. And literally, like, I had to grab him to ask him to change someone else's song because she was like, I didn't know it could have cursing in it. So she was, like, sending him a clean song so she could, like, have her song played. <laughs> but, yeah, that's unfortunate. But, okay, you probably had any earphones. So, you know, good enough. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, favorite post-meat meal? Brownies. I think everybody knows by now. <laughs> you guess that, yeah the whole like week of nats <laughs> i posted brownies every day even the night before i was eating brownies okay nice <laughs> yeah love them your meat nutrition is definitely on but no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> if you can make it fit why not plus obviously it makes sense so we kind of do like a gut cut or not really cutting but just eating higher calorie food mm-hmm. that's okay yeah. nice yeah, towards um, the days of my meat, um, as I get closer, I want to be lighter, of course. Yeah. So I'm eating higher cow, low volume, of course. Yeah. Makes sense. You have brownies, we have ice cream, same thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, favorite movie movie of all time? Um, <laughs> probably the Titanic. <laughs> oh, classic. <laughs> I absolutely love it. <laughs> Jack, I know. I have, <laughs> honestly, I've only watched the full movie Titanic once, and all I remember is just that selfish girl on that little piece of wood. That's all I remember <laughs> from the whole movie. That always gets me so angry, but it was like one of the first movies that made me cry when I was young. So I think that's Aww. why it's just stayed ingrained in my mind. <laughs> I love it. That though. makes sense. I think it makes everybody angry because we've all seen those posts. It's like, here's 35 ways Jack could have fit on the boat. <laughs> and we're just like, no, yes. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. All right, girl. Thank you so much for joining me. It was a blast to get to know you, to kind of hear about like your journey and powerlifting and definitely your aspirations that I definitely can see you accomplishing very soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for everything that's to come. Oh, it's going to be a blast. Well, girl, thank you so much again. And y'all, I'll catch you next time on the Power and Lifting Podcast. Guys, thank you so much for listening. If you loved today's episode, please leave us a five-star rating and a review. And we appreciate you so much. Check out the links under links in the show notes and catch you next time.